Hi, and welcome to White Hat versus Black Hat SEO Show. My name is Josh, opening the beer, Brzezinski. And with me today, I am happy to have my Black Hat co-host, Clint Butler. Say hi there, Clint. Hi, everyone. What's up? How you doing today, Josh? I'm doing great today. I even muted myself in the playback, so nice. <laughs> I don't have to mention it. Yeah, I mentioned it. <laughs> it always foils me. And today, we're very lucky to have a special guest today with us, Tyler uh, from SEM Rush, say hi there, Tyler. Hello. So uh, Tyler's been with us before. He's shown us a lot of really cool things about SEM Rush. We were just discussing before the uh, we went live that SEM Rush. If you hadn't heard of it, it's a pretty cool tool. It lets you do a lot of kind of SEO stuff that uh, you could only do with other tools previously. But SEM Rush just keeps getting bigger and bigger, like this monster just keeps throwing stuff in there. So you're getting more value for your money. So Tyler's going to show us some of the some of the, the cool, maybe stuff that you haven't heard of that SEM Rush has, or the cool things you can do with SEM Rush. And then after that, I'm going to show some of the stuff I've been using SEM Rush for, uh, how you can use it as a research tool, uh, some of the cool stuff you can do with it. It's a very multifaceted tool. And if you think a little bit outside the box, you can get quite a lot out of it, uh, even more than what you might have already thought. But before that, we're going to start, as we always do, with what's new in SEO. Uh, and there's been a couple of new things in SEO going on. Um, uh, uh, Google just re re uh, recently released uh, a, an algorithm update. Uh, it was a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> it was a year ago since Fred, and so some of the pundits are talking about it being Fred-like, or maybe it's Fred, the second friend, the the son of Fred, or something like that. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, we did our own analysis, and uh, we came up with something quite different. So before I show you the analysis here, I just want to point out um, that Google said officially that this is just an update to their algorithms. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can quote unquote fix if your site's gone down. If it has, just keep trying to make a good site and maybe you'll regain your rankings. But you can't get your rankings back. You never own them to begin with. Uh, you're always renting your rankings. You're always borrowing that spot. And Google's decided to punch you off that spot and give it to somebody else. So. The way they made it sound was that there's nothing you can do about it and there's nothing you can fix, right? To use their actual word, fix, nothing fix. Well, uh, as you know, we often have uh, Ted Kubitis, the creator of Quora, another awesome piece of SEO software on the show. And uh, he did an analysis, and this is the kind of stuff you can do with Quora. This is supposed to be a show mostly about SEMrush, but I'm just going to deviate for a second to show you the cool stuff you can do with Quora as well. Uh, let me share my screen here. So you should be seeing here. This is a uh, a uh, a broadcast, a a, a a report that the new version of Core, Core version four, is going to be spitting out uh, naturally. And this is what you would run every time that there's a, a reported algorithm change. Either Barry Schwartz says there's an algorithm change, or even better, if Google admits there's an algorithm change, and go back a few weeks to an earlier report when that algorithm change wasn't going on, and Core is going to show you in a scientific mathematical way what the actual changes have been. Never mind what 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 SEO pundits speculate, like Glenn Gabe, you know, bless his heart, he's a great guy from New Jersey, but he's only guessing when he looks at, when he eyeballs websites and he thinks, he sees what's going on, and uh, Mary as well, Mary Haynes, who, uh, who guesses, well, I have four sites in my analytics, and I think they went up, and it was quality, so I think that's what it is. They're guessing on a very, very small sample set. 
uh, Ted is using Cora to check over 500 factors uh, simultaneously, and he can do that over hundreds of sites in your particular niche you care about. And this is what he came up with when he checked uh, DOI Lawyer Los Angeles. So let's take a look at this. Let's break this down here for a second. So first off, you'll notice that the number of HTTPS links are up by 29 spots on average. So that's very interesting. And that's both internal HTTPS links and external HTTPS links. So keep that in mind. Uh, also up 31 is Google result host matches. So the host name is a, is a result to uh, either your partial match or exact match keywords that Cora automatically calculates. When you put your keywords in Cora, it automatically calculates for you your partial match keywords and your synonyms as well. And so that means that any website that had a, uh, a partial match or an exact match uh, to, to DOI Lawyer Los Angeles went up 31 spots. Also, if they had a terms of service page, it went up 19 spots on average, which is also very interesting as well. Um, again, this is a night and day difference from what was previous. He went back three weeks before the update. Uh, number of external links also went up 26 spots. So just the raw number of external links. And look what entered here, uh, body tag size in kilobytes. Numbers, that's, not, that's neither here nor there. It's just the size of, the, of, of your tags in, in your page. That's the size of the body tag. But number of social pages entered when it wasn't a factor previously at all. The number of social pages, the number of social profiles you had linking to you, like Facebook, your, your Facebook page, your Twitter page, your Instagram page linking to you, your LinkedIn page li linking to your website. Previously, this was not even a factor in this SERP at all. And now it's entered. And then the Google result domain match is entered. So that your domain name, your, your, domain, your entire domain name uh, matches the, uh, the keywords in question. Uh, came into came into factor. Everything else is not such a big change. So those are the biggest change. And so if that's the case, then what Google is saying here is that li they're lying, right? Quite frankly, we have a measurement here that does not correspond with their statement that there's nothing you can quote unquote fix. Because yeah, you, you can't change your domain name, I guess, once you've started it. I mean, it'd, it'd be dangerous to change your domain name once you start it unless you're not ranking at all. If you're not ranking at all, then yeah, you could change your domain name. But if you change your URL, your domain name, you're going to tank your rankings for at least a few weeks, if not a few months. So you, you can't really fix that, true, but you definitely can make sure that you, you can go HTTPS, right? There's no reason why you can't go HTTPS. There's no reason why you can't start doing social and get social going. Like a lot of businesses have been ignoring social, right? But you can get social going. You can try and get organic traffic there. If that, you can at least buy traffic from social. And there's no reason why you can't get more external links. <laughs> That's something you could definitely do. And there's no reason why you can't make yourself a terms of service page. So I don't know, Clint, uh, what your opinion is on that, or Tyler, even if you want to weigh in on that, what your opinion is on that as well. But I mean, those things, which were a night and day difference that were not measured before, are now being measured. And it's a quite a correlative difference um, uh, in this particular niche anyway, it, it tends to suggest that Google is lying. And these are, these are indeed things you can fix. And if you had Cora or knew someone who did or listened to my podcast or was part of the SIA group uh, or the what my white hat versus black hat Skype group where Ted is on and, and Cora is discussed there as well, you could know about this, right? So, so do you think Google is lying? Do you, what, what are your thoughts on this? From the black hat perspective, 
there's some um, niches that sites just got completely removed from. Uh, let's see, there was one from Clash Clash of the Clans hack, for example. You know, those guys are CPAs. They're mainly ranking based off a of volume of site and backlinks, and they got like completely removed. The, you know, they went from thousands of sites inside their search results to hundreds. So I think maybe there may be some truth behind that. Whereas if your site was removed during the process of that cleaning up those kind of markets, then it's probably not going to get it back. Then again, if you were in those markets anyway, you knew Black Hat was a risk, so you were prepared for it, and you just make a new site and just go on from there. So um, it's probably not as big of a deal to you. I didn't see anything with with our clients. As a matter of fact, we got a whole bunch of improvements uh, for that from that result in the White Hat side. Uh, mainly, it was quality stuff. Every page that we that we lost. Remember, in the last update, we were, we thought it was a quality update, and we lost a lot of rankings. And then we fixed all that, and then this new one came up, and uh, it just doubled our, our results, our positive results, hmm. uh, on top of that. So, I think you know. Well, let me ask you this, Clint. Let me ask you this: Do the sites that saw the boost do they have HTTPS? Do yeah. they get more links, and do they have a terms of service, and do they have social pages? No, we did on-page changes. That's what we did. Uh, okay. On there, so it was all you know, making the quality, the content better, and making it more relevant for the search term, uh, and that's that's where we got our our where we saw our biggest returns. We knew that was working anyway because we post that last change when we saw the drop, then we changed it, then we got the boost back up, and then they just gave us more credit this time. So, hmm. I think well, that's not necessarily what I'm asking though. I'm just asking in general, the sites you saw uh, get a boost this last time. Did they have any of these things, HTTPS on the site, social profiles, a terms of service page, or more links? Nothing added, no. no Whether you did that or not, do they already have that? Well, they already had it, then they lost their rankings, and then we made the quality changes, they got more, and then now this update came out, and then we got more boost from that too, so. Right. I think it might be, that might apply for the term that uh, Ted looked at with the DUI the term that he looked at and comparing those two results, but mm -hmm. I don't know that it was like we can call that something that's applied broadly. Yeah. We both know that keyword, if, you know, core is keyword by keyword, not even niche by niche, is keyword by keyword. So I would like to see more sheets brought together, but I'm not sure how scalable that is for core to to be able to put, you know, do something like SEM Rush can they can scale that kind of stuff and, and see a big old huge data set and maybe pull something out of there. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean cool. that's that's part of our job as a as a company is to stay on top of trends like this all the time, whether or not Google makes an update publicly that these are now ranking factors, we have to stay ahead of the curve because that's partly how our tool can continue to gather and display accurate data. So it's no surprise to me that they would change the ranking factors and then not make a release about that. Uh, so that being said, uh, I think what you demonstrated just now is that as long as you do white hat SEO, that you are going to be fine in the future, that you're not going to be hit with your penalties. You're not going to lose rankings at all because why wouldn't you want to provide your customers with terms of service or uh, you know have social pages within your site? Uh, everybody uses social pages. Uh, you know, I hate to generalize, but you know that that's just what people want. And doing SEO is just 
doing what people want. You, know, you, you, you have a way of writing a particular phrase like, you know, for a keyword for a site, but then there's how most people type in uh, search terms into Google and you want to go for the latter, not the former. So right, it's completely different. I always, I, I might always search strange Xmas gifts because I'm an atheist, but most people might write weird Christmas presents because they're full into Christmas or you know whatever it is. And Google might, yeah, yeah. So you definitely have to do keyword research to find out what most people are searching for. That's for sure. And uh, I, I agree with your point there, Tyler. I mean, yeah. And even even Clint would agree too. His 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 point here about the black hat site that lost some rankings was that, and he said it perfectly. It's like, well, they're black hat. They know this is eventually going to happen, so they're ready just to start again. They already have five more sites already on the way up when this site drops, and that's just the way you have to leverage your 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 risk when you're when you're deciding to go past some of the guidelines for Google. The white hat side of things is playing it really really safe, but sometimes you get overshot by the black hats who are not playing it safe. And that's always the, the the whining and complaining and the debate that Google gets is like, well, I'm doing it safely, but black hats are overshadowing me. But then what Google can say to the white hats, yeah, but you're not really taking all advantages. You don't you don't have a tool like SEMrush or a good tool to find linking opportunities or blogging content opportunities. You're losing links. You're not doing all the white hat stuff. You don't have a really super cool brand. You don't have a really cool super presence. You didn't upgrade to HTTPS. Your website's super slow. There's all kinds of white hat, strictly white hat stuff that they're not doing, and that's usually why they're not ranking. I, I typically take the white hat methodology for the most part, uh, just because of the risk mitigation involved. Mm -hmm. And the sites I the, the sites I help to rank rank very well and rank fine on page one, and and quite often they'll survive a lot of these drops, but not always. Uh, I I've had clients that were were hit with the recent drop, and so. I just thought it was interesting, and again, and Clint is also right when he says that this is one test in one niche. We just tested the DUI lawyer niche. It doesn't necessarily mean that that was the changes across the board. But if you did you know, five or 10 Quora checks on five or 10 different types of queries across the knowledge queries, the, 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 the no-do queries, and maybe the buying queries, and if you saw that HTTPS was always up and you saw that uh, uh, social was always up, you start to think, okay, Google just turned a dial. Well, they said HTTPS gets a slight more boost and we're looking for social signals now. And those signals got a boost and everyone else shuffled down. And it'd be very easy to tell with Quora uh, with doing a little bit of research. And I, I find it interesting that we would be able to, to take that information and go to Google and say, well, no, this is definitely something you can fix, right? Oh yeah, of course. And so it's just a matter of you know, having someone that knows all the rules and staying up to, up to date with the site, you know, not having a site from 1994. Uh, and I mean, why would you want to have a secure site? I mean, to me, these are all no brainers to you, Clint, these are all no brainers, but to anyone who's listening who isn't in the digital marketing or web development space, just think if this was your house, how would you want to protect it? How would you want other people to see it? and then just apply that to your website. Yeah, that's a good rule of thumb, I like that. Okay, moving on uh, to more new stuff. I have some experimental results that I want to share with you fine folks. Uh, I've got some experiments that have recently borne some fruit and I thought you might find a little, some of them a little interesting. So we'll go through that and then Tyler will show us some really cool SEMrush stuff. Then I'll show my really cool SEMrush stuff after that. So the first one here is a uh, URL parameter test. Uh, what I did is I wanted to check to see if the rail canonical on this page here, my testing uh, page here, 
has a rail canonical on it. And so what I did is I built a link to this page here slash question mark URL parameter equals whatever. And that, that URL responds 200, but it canonicals back to the main page. Does everyone understand how that works? I mean, I know you, you guys both do. If in the chat you don't understand what I just said and how that works, the rail canonical works from a URL parameter, type in the chat you don't understand and I'll, I'll explain it a little further. But what I want, that was not what I wanted to test. That's just technical SEO 101. What I wanted to test was if I built a link pointing at the URL parameter, would it would the link juice canonical back to the to the the page? Which that's what I thought would happen and work. That's what Google told me uh, five years ago. Miley Oyi said point blank when I cornered her at SMX Advanced. I said, "Is that how it work?" And she says, "Yes, for sure." And if it's not working that way, then it's a bug and we'll fix it. I quote. That's what she said. So I'm like, okay, that's a pretty strong uh, uh, signal from Google telling me what a ranking factor is. But mind you, that was five years ago, and she doesn't work there anymore. <laughs> so and, and so who knows if that actually ever happened or, or be that's the way it's working now. So that's why you got to test it. So look what I did. I tested it. Uh, March 6th, we built a link to this page, to the URL parameter, and look what happened. Not, not good stuff. <laughs> it went down a spot, and it fluctuated a bit. Now, this is right around when the Google started doing their testing and and and, uh, and uh, uh, Barry Schwartz reported that this testing was going on right around this this weekend uh, or this week anyway. So I'm not entirely sure if this is a good test or not, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, also, the backlink page, we couldn't tell if it was spidered or not. So I'm not sure what this test is telling me, but it's not telling me anything good. So we're gonna have to keep watching this. So I thought that was interesting. And uh, just um, yesterday, we got the page uh, crawled, the backlink page crawled. And so I wanna see if this date, uh, or even today, I wanna see, did they, 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 did they update it for the 14th here? That's the 13th. So yeah, go to... Hey, you, go back here, apply that, update. Yeah, no, there hasn't been any boost yet. There hasn't been any 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 result from that link. So who knows? Maybe it doesn't work, or maybe my test was bad, but we'll, we'll see. I'd give Here's that, the next one. Sorry? I'd give that one 21 days before you call that a fail. Or, or yes. Yeah, see that, wait for that link to kick in first. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It might take longer for it to uh, for the Google to check to see the canonical and then reprocess all those uh, all those signals. Mm -hmm. um, here's another test that we did: is the alt keyword test. So we uh, on February 26th we put a, uh, a, a a keyword in an alt attribute, and lo and behold, there was a boost. So we're like, okay. So then what we're going to do is we're going to remove it on March 5th, and we removed it the keyword from the alt attribute, and there was a huge drop. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So I've added a foobar attribute on March 12th, and the page has been spidered, and there was no boost. So I think I've pretty conclusively shown here that if it's in an alt attribute, the keyword gets a boost. If it's just, in, if it's just tucked in the HTML somewhere, it doesn't get a boost. Because I made a, if you guys understand what I mean, because, um, in, 
in HTML, I can make whatever uh, I can make whatever uh, tag I want, right? So the image tag img source equals blah, uh, alt equals keyword. Fine. I can also do image source equals blah, xyz Josh equals keyword, and that's not an attribute that's in the HTML spec, but Google will still read it and process it. And if you're cool with JavaScript and CSS, you can make that do something, even though it doesn't ha technically have anything to do with the HTML spec. Does that make sense? You, if, you, if that doesn't make sense in the chat, guys, say so. Let me know. So that's what I did, just to test to see if you, if you stick a keyword anywhere in the HTML, in a body tag, in a you know whatever, just stick the keyword anywhere in there. Is Google going to count it as a keyword density? And it looks like not. The what well, we we did that on uh, I think it was March twelfth here. March the 12th, and it's been spidered since then, and there's been no boost. So the, the last piece of this test is we're, we're going to change that foobar attribute back to an alt attribute, and we're going to see if it pops back up to number one. That would be my suspicion. And if it is, then definitely putting keywords in your alt attribute is definitely a lucky factor. Hello, someone calling you on the phone. It's Google. Google's <laughs> asking, why are you sharing all the secrets? Clint, stop it. It's 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 John Mueller emailing you to find out where you found that hat. <laughs> Who wants the hat? Uh, okay, and finally, look at what happened here. This was super interesting. We uh, added a this is our CSS paint test. We added a bunch of CSS files to um, a page to see if we slowed it down, would it derank, and it did. Uh, February nineteenth, we started the test. We uh, made this test uh, recipient eight it seconds slower. And as soon as Google crawled that page, it went down to spot four. And then we sped the page back up. We removed the CSS. And uh, now it's half as fast as it was, or half as slow, so to speak. And it went back up to spot one. It's been fluctuating spot one and spot two. So it's not as fast as it was. It still has some garbage CSS. I bet when we remove all the garbage CSS and we put it back to the pristine state it was over here, I bet <clears> you it'll come back to number one. So that's a fascinating result as well. Uh, Google has been warning us for some time now that speed is a ranking factor. Uh, uh, if you've watched the Google Hackathon on air that they recently had, uh, they fully admitted that on desktop, speed has been a ranking factor for seven or eight years. And they've been tweaking that algorithm, they mentioned. And that July 2018, speed is also going to be the same kind of ranking factor for mobile. And that's why they're suggesting everybody has to make sure their mobile experience is super, super fast. So that's all the new stuff I have. Uh, Clint, do you have any other new stuff? No, I think we covered it already. We're good. All right, then. Then I'm excited. We're going to turn things over to Tyler. Tyler, please show us some of the cool uh, new stuff you got in SEMrush, some of the cooler features that maybe people don't know about. And afterwards, I'll show you some of the things that I'm using SEMrush for. Yeah, sure, absolutely. So uh, for those who don't have an SEMrush account, uh, you know, feel free to contact you, Josh, about getting one. And so I'm logged into my demonstration account. And today I want to talk to you about reporting on SEO. So first you want to set up a project. To set up a project, it's very simple. A project's based on a website. I have, this is a, a demonstration project right here. It's based on a local Philadelphia SEO company. And there are many tools in here. You're not going to need all of them. Uh, there are sim simply, what, four tools I, I actually, if I had to report on one thing in SEO, it'd be this tool right here. It's called the Content Analyzer. Now how, uh oh 
And he's and gone. Then, and that <laughs> was like this. SEM <laughs> Rush said, no, you cannot show them this. It's too good of a feature. Get them out of here. Okay, well, I'm sure Tyler will call back in and contact us again. Uh, while we wait, though, I'll show you some of the stuff I'm using SEM Rush for. Uh, SEM Rush is a really cool tool. You could check links in it, not as well as Ahrefs probably. Tyler's gone, so I can say that now. Uh, but you can check rankings. You can check how the traffic for sites. Uh, and you can check other keyword stuff too. But I've been trying to use it for niche research. So I'm trying to get back into affiliate marketing. Uh, I know affiliate websites can make a ton of money. Uh, and uh, and once you get them set up, usually get, they can run on autopilot and you can make oodles and oodles of cash if you know what you're doing. I know what I'm doing. The only problem is, is that it's hard to find the new hot niches because no one wants to tell, to tell you what they are because they want to make use of the new hot niches, right? So I thought, well, what if you use SEMrush as a tool to be able to find the new hot niches? And so this is uh, also a, a something that other people have done, and uh, they've shown me some of the stuff that they've done. So for example, if you're working in SEO, for example, um, uh, I wanted to check to see what people are searching for in SEO, like people who are not SEOs but who want to know more information about SEO so I can know what videos to make because uh, I know what people are searching for. It's keyword research as, as per usual. So uh, what I did, let me share the screen here. What I did is I went to uh, to SEMrush. And I just started checking. Uh, I, I typed in Google Updates, and they have a related keywords report. And so I clicked on the related keywords to Google Updates, and I got all different kinds of stuff that definitely people are searching for. I can toggle by the volume. I can toggle by the, the cost per click, and I have a really cool uh, – trick to show you afterwards of how you would manipulate this even further in Excel. And so I can see all this stuff in here where it's like, all right, I know people are searching for Google algorithm changes and they're searching for updates in Google, Google algorithm update. And so this is Google search algorithm. So this is definitely, they're not really searching for Panda and Penguin anymore because that's too old, right? So if I wanted to make, if you're a SEO out there, you want to make content for, for people in marketing to get them to help to, to come to you, this is what you would need to use that for. Another thing uh, is like, what if you want to find niches to to uh, to make money on that might have an affiliate program or they might have a drop shipping program? I thought, okay, well, this is definitely a an, an interesting way of doing it. Just think of all the big sites that would already rank for stuff like that, and you just check their keywords. So I plugged in Amazon.com, for example, and I, we did a, I did a domain overview, and then I clicked on their keywords they're ranking for, and I've got a list here of oh, 872 thousand pages of keywords that Amazon is ranking for. So obviously that's too much to, to manage. So what I do is I add in filters. So I'll say, let's include a keyword that's that begins with say best because people are going to, um, uh, you know, want to be searching for, you know, best, best, uh, best, best comb, best skin cream, best weight loss supplement, best. That's what they're going to be searching for, and that's the people who are in the middle of the sales funnel or are ready to spend some money. So that would be a, probably a good place to start for trying to find keywords that you want to rank for. Now, you might be curious. You might be like, well, Josh, this is what Amazon is ranking for. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care if Amazon's ranking for it, right? I want to use Amazon as a giant site that Google ranks all the time to tell me what are the most lucrative niches out there. So Amazon is kind of my litmus paper floating out in the wind of the internet, and, and all the DNA of all the good niches are gonna get, are gonna uh, scrape up on that litmus paper, and I can pull it back and I can analyze it to see what the good niches are. 
if that metaphor makes any sense whatsoever, I have no idea. So and I can you can tailor it by cost per click. So look at this. Now, I'll warn you right now, this cost per click is uh, supposed to be taken from Google AdWords. And, and when Tyler comes back, if he comes back here, um, uh, this cost per click is definitely not, would not match what you see in AdWords. So, so don't necessarily, but, but it is relative to each other. Like this number is accurate in the system compared to this number here. So I can tell that best, I can tell that car insurance is, is in terms of cost per click, a much more lucrative niche than say payroll software. Right? So I, I, I got, at least I get a relative comparative number inside the system. And it's never that far off. Like if I were to check Google AdWords today, best best car insurance to get, they might be bidding on it around 180 or 190 or 200, which is still a lot of money, right? So this tells you, this is marketing data built in, telling you already what uh, how lucrative particular niches are. And I can also break it down even further, right? Let's see if this will work. Sometimes it craps out. But let's say I want to say, okay, but I don't want to just go for any niche, right? I want to also, I want to only, ex I want to exclude the uh, the keyword difficulty that's greater than 60. I don't want, because uh, SEMrush has a keyword difficulty score built in uh, based on basically the uh, the page rank required to rank there. And, I, and it goes from zero to 100. And let's say I want to find just the low hanging fruit. I just want to find the niches that are easy to rank for. And so I can apply that filter It takes a couple seconds to run. Hopefully, it will produce something. I'm sure it will. Lots of craps out on me, but I've done this. Uh, I've done this process new, many times for Alibaba, eBay, Amazon. I also checked YouTube recently to see what YouTube is ranking for and what niches are good on YouTube. YouTube is good for services, and, and uh, Amazon is good for products, because Google will often serve a YouTube video for um for for services right like lawyer or plumber or key uh, you know that kind of a thing uh, uh locksmith and amazon is, is going to be the kind of thing that's going to rank for like best product or best best skin cream or best herbal pillar stuff like that stuff that i can find affiliate stuff for so check out take a look here what we got when i removed the uh the, the anything that had a keyword density uh sorry a, a keyword difficulty higher than 60 so these are all easier niches to rank for this is what i got and i can i can uh, cycle this here by the uh keyword difficulty i can make it the most difficult or i can make it the least difficult and start looking at that so that's a very interesting way of finding some niches and i'll just let that populate there I'll let that think about it. Okay, so then what if uh, that is, that is, that's one way to, to use the tool. It's even better, that, that power gets even better when you download into Excel. So let me open up an Excel that I've recently done. Here's the, uh, the YouTube keywords that I downloaded. I'll open up Excel here. And then you just have to have a little bit of Excel knowledge. And if you know how to use Excel a little bit, you can essentially make your own SEO tool, which is even cooler. You just use you just use SEMrush for the the source information, and then you download it into Excel. Uh, see Excel, are you opening here? Excel, open. Oh, 
taking its time. Clint, do you have any comments about that? Any, any thoughts? I do not. <laughs> He's like, nope. <laughs> have you used SEM Rush for, for these kinds of things before, or do you have other places you find your? Yeah, I use those, and then what I like to do is uh, just kind of use Google and do reverse engineering, and I use SEM Rush to do reverse engineer people's sites. See. Oh, yeah. Cool. Pretty much the same thing you're doing with Amazon. I just did it with the you know sites that are in markets that I'm interested in, like if I was going to do a drone video site or a drone uh, affiliate site, then I go find people that are ranked for best drones, best drone tools, supplies, that kind of stuff, and you know see how they're doing and mix and match those ideas. Up. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, that's cool. My, my, yeah. But the thing I'm showing is kind of like how do you know what niche you want to go into, though, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't hang around with affiliate guys. I don't go to affiliate conferences because most of them are in Vegas and most of them have booze and boobs all over the place. And for some reason, my wife is not so into that. <laughs> so, uh, sure, it's your wife. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, I, uh, uh, I, so that's the that's my excuse anyway. So that's why I can't go to those kind of conferences very much or that's not the kind of uh, environment I can hang out in. But there's ways you can find this research. I don't need to be buddy buddies with all the affiliate companies and, and go schmooze with them for hours and hours and spend thousands of dollars doing that. I can find all the niches I need from, from SEMrush if you know how to use it. So I've downloaded, I, so I did uh, the similar, uh, same thing on youtube.com. And I, I, I tailored it to be anything above CPC of $10 and anything below a uh, keyword difficulty of 60% uh, on their measurement to get really the creme to the creme kind of services that I might be able to resell or be an affiliate of, and just to see what's there. And it's also just interesting research to see how the internet is growing and where the money is and who's making money on the internet, who's not making money on the internet, who's searching for what. You'll be super surprised. So let me show you what that looks like. So I downloaded it into Excel. Now, for those of you who don't know how to use Excel, um, it's worth taking just an introductory course because it's such a powerful program that lets you do such cool stuff. So this is a, a table that I made in Excel, and I'm not going to give you an Excel tutorial. Uh, I can make an Excel tutorial for SEO for those who want it. Just, just say so in the chat or email me. But basically, if you know how to use Excel, I broke down the year trend list into a, 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 a whole integer or a floating point number that tells me how, how hot it is. So I have basically this tells me if um youtube is uh they're ranking a youtube video on page one for this for this niche how many people search it how hard it is to rank for the the relative cost per click for that niche how hot it is in the year 10 is really hot 12 is the maximum and what the raw seo score is and what the raw seo score is is the search volume times the cpc times how hot it is and then the adjusted seo score that I, there's an algorithm I create for myself to really tailor things to see how good it is. And I'll descend by that so you can see how that looks. And my adjusted SEO score is the search volume times the CPC times how hot it is divided by how hard it is to rank for. And that's why you could see this had the biggest score because as far as uh, SEMrush is concerned, this uh, Spanish keyword is super, super easy to rank for. Although it has a high search volume and apparently people are paying $100 a click for it. <laughs> so again, if you see anything that Clint's laughing because he knows what I'm about to say. If you see anything that's that good, it's probably wrong. <laughs> it's probably a mistake. <laughs> but but so ignore this one. This And I could never go for this anyway because I don't speak Spanish. So I'll just delete it. But dental marketing you see comes up. 
uh, and because it's only 40, as, uh, according uh, 40, it's under 50%. It's in the it's in the easier pile. It's under 50% as far as SEM Rush is concerned, but it has 2,400 searches a month, and people apparently are willing to pay $70 a click for it, and it's hot. People are searching for this all year round. As compared to, say, like whatever this is, Peora Arizona Garage Door Opener, yeah, lots of people are searching for it. It's super easy to rank for, and it's pretty high cost per click, but it's only it's not very hot for the whole year people only search for it you know not a lot and i can even look at the number i can see it's four percent in january three percent in feb one percent the next couple months the biggest month looks like it's june looks like uh one two three four five the sixth month in june is when this search gets all its searches so if you wanted to go into this niche and, and resale garage doors for peora uh, Peoria, sorry, how do you pronounce that, that town? Peoria. Arizona, you're only going to make sales in June. But I have that data in there because it's all embedded here in the, the data I got from uh, from SEMrush, and I can look here and just see what it would be per month. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's the uh, same thing like uh, the old Market Samurai used to have the same kind of setup. Yeah. Uh, SE Cockpit does that now too. I think they're using SEMrush and SE Cockpit to create pretty much the same thing you got there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there's definitely other tools that do something similar to what I'm doing here. Again, being the nerd I am and having, I used to teach Excel in, in university, so I'm like, well, I'm gonna make my own. I pushed up my glasses on my nose in, in complete nerd fashion and said, I'm gonna do it myself just like that. And so I did. <laughs> but, and, and it's cheaper too, if you can do an Excel. So this is really cool. So if you want to be like, okay, well, what gets what 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 has I can tell here because I, I put a conditional rule here that if it's below ten, give me a check mark and don't show it otherwise. So I know if there's a page one video for it. So this is also good. Like if you're Holly, for example, and you want to black hat a bunch of videos, you just say, okay, just show me the ones that only have a page one video, and so you know YouTube is serving videos on these, and this is the ones that are serving YouTube videos. Right, they all have a check mark for a YouTube video. So that's that's fascinating. You know, Pro Scheduler software, they got a YouTube video for it. Binary options prediction indicator free, they got a YouTube video for it. So you know that if you're good at making videos and that's how you want to do your internet marketing, that this you know what niches you can go into now because you can see uh, how hard the niches are. Oh, the batteries in my mouse just died. No, that's great. So you can see how hard the niches are, right? You can see which one is that have a video. If I say, I want to say, okay, what's the easiest ones? I can say ascending. And these are the easiest niches according to SEM Rush to rank for. And now look at this one. This one is only eighteen percent uh, difficulty, but it has two uh, twenty four hundred searches per month, and it's hot all year round. That's got a good SEO score. So right away, you can start really seeing. Uh, look all these sell my house niches. So you really start to see interesting kind of uh, uh, niches come up again and again. Law comes up a lot. Real estate comes up a lot. Uh, psychic phenomenon. Psychic readings come up a lot. And people pay a lot of money for it. Not as much as like this. Not as much as like like seventy dollars a click. But but a lot of traffic for psychic reading. You know, and there might be stuff in here that you might be surprised you never really thought of. So I don't know, maybe I'm just a nerd, but I, I, I find this extremely interesting. Like if I want to find out what's the hottest trends all year round, I just have to go descending here. And this is going to show me all the hottest trends. And it's also going to sub filter for hardness because that was the last one I had. 
So this is like movers. If you want to have like a moving uh, affiliate program, you could do that. Data recovery for Mac. You know, you might be able to do something like that. Uh, bankruptcy lawyers, you know, uh, mortgages, stuff like that. It tells you all the kind of niches there there's money in and how hard it is relatively to rank for. Now, not a lot of searches though. If I want to see what has the best raw SEO score, I just use my algorithm of calculating search volume times CPC times how hot per year it is. And this is going to tell me what really is the hottest. And I just look for the easiest one, like bail bonds, Las Vegas. Look how good that, that keyword is. 4,400 uh, people search for it a month. They pay on average $30 a click. It's hot pretty much all year round, but it's super easy to rank for as far as SEMrush is concerned. <laughs> so again, you need to ch manually check this, but I, I don't know, but my mouth, I, I start salivating when I see keywords like that. I think money. I think chiching. I see dollar signs when I see these numbers. What, what do you think, Clint? Uh, I being in the bail bonds niche, I can tell you that's not easy at all. <laughs> so you're already there. <laughs> you already saw the dollar signs. Yeah, um, but that said, that's it is a really good market to get into if you want to get your feet wet. That's a really good market to learn map stuff because if you can get it to work in bail bonds, you can pretty much get it to work anywhere. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So I'm going to go through this, and I'm going to go through every niche here that, that Clint's already in, and he's, he's going to tell us how to do it. <laughs> Let's go down to mesothelioma. Let's just what do you think about this one? Look, it's only $318 a click. <laughs> There's some really good CPA offers for that market if you can get in there. Competition is hard. Don't go in there unless you got PBNs and know how to use them. Yeah, like big, powerful PBNs that basically look like legitimate blog sites. Yep. Not, not like I bought a, I bought an eight-year-old domain and it has, it has three pages. Is that good enough? No, <laughs> that's for this niche. It's not generally, I think, what Clint's talking about. Yeah, there used to be a good market for YouTube videos for YouTube marketing and lead gen, but Google caught on. So, yeah, for for this test, it had no page one video. The video might be stuck on page two or three, because this all did come from YouTube rankings. Remember, but okay, so. I find that super interesting. Like you got to have a place to find the niches to begin with. And the problem is you can listen to experts like me. You can listen to experts like Clint. You can listen to people who are at affiliate conferences. You can listen to people on Black Hat World. You can listen to people in, in Skype groups all you like. But at the end of the day, this is just our opinion. And you need to look at the numbers. You need some quantifiable numbers to tell you if you know if you want to go into those kind of niches. At least that's what I would highly recommend. So I don't know where Tyler went. I guess he couldn't get back on. Oh well, <laughs> I showed you my SEM rush stuff. So let's <laughs> look at bugs over there. So <laughs> yeah, he was logged in under someone else's account. Uh, his name was Justin, and I'm getting confused. I'm like, no, his name's Tyler. Why does it say Justin there? But anyway, uh, maybe Justin is his alter ego. Okay, so um, let's go to the questions here. What questions have you guys been asking? If you have any questions at all about um, how I was using SEM rush, if you have any questions at all about uh, how I'm finding niches in SEMrush and how I would tailor that because I'm going to be making a lot of money from doing this. If you want in on this, if you want more information about how you could do this too, for me to show you or for me to even just find niches and research them for you, let me know. If you have any questions on this show right now, you want to ask in the chat, put them in the chat and I'll just try and help you out. So let's see what questions we have here today, if at all, if you have any questions at all. Um, someone says, hey, guys, Clint, you mentioned in a prior hangout about using Pandabot to send traffic. Can you outline this, or maybe I can email you to discuss? Hmm. Uh, 
Reader's Digest version is use it to send for a brand name plus your keyword, minimal amount of traffic. That does pretty good. And you can go exact match on a keyword too, just don't go full retard. So if your search volume is only 50 a month, don't send 500 people to it from that search result. It's not going to work because it's going to have the opposite effect for you, as a matter of fact. So, um, but really, there's not a whole lot to that. Just use common sense and you know mix in your brand and generic. Uh, throw in traffic through your PBN or your backlinks, no matter where the backlinks are from, uh, and it all carries over. It's a little tiny piece. It's not going to be a winner for you. You're not going to rank sites off of it by itself, but it is a piece that does help. Uh, Clint, would you say it might be it might be safer to try that on a test page first? Maybe one of your PBNs or try it on some kind of test page first to see what happens to that that page. Well, uh, to get your at least to get your um, your process down. Well, I know what to do, so I, you know I, I don't have to go back and do the testing on it. And, but you know, if you're if you've never played with it before, then yeah, for sure, play with you know do it on test site. Build a Google site and send traffic to the Google site and use your backlinks from the Google site to your money site. Uh, that'll do it. That sounds like another good leak. I can tell when 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 Clint's leaking something good, he looks down and away. It's <laughs> <laughs> quiet like this. He doesn't want to say it too loud. Uh, yeah, I mean. I have my own opinion about PandaBot being the white hat at the at the in the show. Clearly, I'm going to say this. Uh, no, <laughs> don't is what I would say. Uh, but I would say that also because I've been testing traffic uh, like the kind of traffic PandaBot gets uh, uh, to my pages, and I've been de-indexing de uh, test pages. So I wouldn't try it on a money site. I would try it on another page first to see if it's safe, and then 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 maybe on your money site later. But quite frankly, you could. You, I don't know how much PandaBot costs. You might be able to accomplish the same thing with with legitimate Facebook traffic, and it's if you're free. doing Facebook marketing properly, you could very well get the clicks down to seven or eight cents a click, and maybe maybe the real people might work better for you. And who knows? Maybe you might actually build a Facebook following, and get some signals that way too. Um, Hyperweb asks Josh, is that a Cora screenshot from monitoring? Does Cora monitor changes? Are you reanalyzing? Uh, both. So right now, Cora 3. Point whatever, uh, you have to kind of manually do this analysis. But Cora uh, 4.0, which is coming out very shortly, uh, is going to do this for you automatically. So you would still need to run uh, um, uh, reports on a monthly basis of your most important keyword, and then and then you then it'll check it'll it'll analyze what's different from month to month, which you don't you want to do that anyway because you don't want to wait for Google to announce they had an algorithm update because they don't always tell you when they have an algorithm update. So uh, you definitely want to be doing that on a regular basis. If anyone wants any core information, email me at joshpashinsky at uh, gmail.com. I uh, have discounts I can get you for, for Cora. Um, Christopher Ramsey asks, is terms of service a specific keyword that you need to have? No. When we say terms of service, we mean that you have a terms of service page on your site. So uh, describing the terms of the service you provide. It yeah, can when, be boilerplate. When Cora uh, looks for it, though, it's looking for terms of service on, in your on your page, you have to say terms of service and link to your terms of service page, which implies you have a terms of service. Yes, that's a good point, Clint. Yeah, it definitely should say terms of service in the link, maybe even the page name in an H1 on the page, so Google algorithm can tell, oh, they have a terms of service. And this has been, Google's been hinting at that they'd like something like that for like 10 years now, ever since they first leaked the uh, Google, uh, the Google Raiders uh, document. Uh, one of the way that Google raters have been told to rate websites is do they have a terms of service or not? 
Do they have a robust uh, com uh, contact information or, or mission statement or, or uh, a business directory where you can contact employees? This privacy policy. Privacy policy, yeah. These are all signals that you're a legitimate business. So um, uh, it might be a, definitely a good idea to, to, to uh, have those kinds of things. Especially on your PBNs. Yes, because it makes your PBMs look legit. I did that trick on an affiliate site once back in the day, and that plus a robust social uh, signal really seemed to uh, trick Google into thinking that this was, they thought I was the actual site, like I was an affiliate of a product. They thought my site was the product site. I was outranking them for many uh, for a few years. It took a couple of years for Google to catch on that, no, this is the actual product, and I'm an affiliate site, and they should reverse these rankings. <laughs> Oh, those were the days. <laughs> that was good money, let me tell you. Uh, Alfred Toro says, Josh, can you tell us something about the five levels of evidence? Sure I can. Let me just pull up my infograph. No, I'm not. Email, just go watch my past videos. You'll see what I'm saying about evidence. But it still it remains relevant. I noticed that some of these charlatans on YouTube are still pushing out their videos with no evidence whatsoever to back up what they're talking about. Uh, if you have any questions at all about what my evidence is for what, everything that I've said, Email me and I will happily prove to you uh, that I have at least some evidence or where my evidence comes from at least. Okay, Snores1 asks, is adding external links to authoritative pages beneficial for SEO? If so, should these links be no-followed? So if you're talking about outlinks on your page that link out to, an, uh, like, say, Wikipedia, I recently tested that, and the answer is no. I tested it four or five times. Three out of the five times, the pages uh, uh, deranked a few spots. So as far as I can tell, uh, when it comes to uh, outlinking to Wikipedia, the answer is no. It does not help your page at all. Uh, and that's in my that's in uh, numerous testing environments that both mine and my own. Uh, I have a I have four or five apprentices that help me with tests. I give them SEO consulting, and then they do SEO tests for me. If you want to join my apprentice program, email me, and I, I see what I can do. There's some uh, requirements uh, before you can enter it. Uh, but I did this test myself twice, and then my apprentices did the test twice on two different environments, and that's either it never went up. It always either stayed the same or went down. So I declare this myth busted, and I say there's no benefit to it whatsoever. In fact, it might hurt you. Um, let's see here. How did I determine if there's a video in the SERPs? Was that part of SEMrush? Yes. So, so when you when you search YouTube.com and you ask SEMrush to tell me what it's ranking for, it's going to tell me all what what all keywords all if you have depending on your subscription level to SEMrush, it's going to tell you at my level it's going to tell me all the keywords that YouTube is ranking for. So that's exactly what I did, and so that's how I could in my Excel spreadsheet. Uh, let me show you here. When I bring it down to Excel, and what I had to do here, if I clear out the conditional format, if I clear the rule, you'll see that this comes to be a number. And that's the, that's the, where Google, YouTube is ranking for for this particular keyword. You, YouTube is ranking number six for Mesobook, and it's a YouTube video. That's how I got that information. And what I did is I just put a conditional rule. Uh, I, I defined my own rule in Excel. said manage rules, uh, current selection, new rule. And I did something, icon set. And I chose some icon set. When the, when the value is less than 10, make it a check mark is what I did. And select, clicked a bunch of other buttons. And then, then removed the value. So I know that if it's on page one, I give it a check mark. That's how I, I made that work. And that's just knowing Excel. 
Uh, Josh, follow up on your report. Uh, oh, sorry. Somebody asked, how does SERPstat compare to SEMrush? That's a great question that I wish Tyler was here to answer for you. <laughs> Have you ever used SERPstat, uh, Clint? Yeah, I've used both. I go to SEMrush way more. Um, yeah, you know, SERPstat, it's all right. It's not, I don't, it's like apples and oranges to me. You're really comparing those two. Uh, they're good for what they were designed for. I think, ha you know, hands down, SEMrush is better. I, I would have to agree. I mean, SEM, Tyler, unfortunately, didn't get to show us today. But SEMrush, uh, you can produce reports that clients are going to like, that's going to keep clients off your back if you if you run client services, um, uh, if, if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, it's going to help you find missing linking opportunities. It's going to help you find missing content opportunities. It's going to help you find low-hanging fruit. Uh, it it's going to help you analyzing traffic and keywords. It's it's kind of like because Google AdWords keyword tool is really becoming super useless for those who are not spending super amounts of money in it. Um, really, quite frankly, it's kind of the de facto SEO tool. If you don't have it, uh, I don't know. It it, it it's like uh, it's a bit mean to say maybe, but it's it's like a real estate agent that doesn't have a fancy car. <laughs> it's like how good of a real estate agent can you really be if you don't have a fancy car? That's 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 prejudiced, of course. I mean, you could still be a great real estate agent and be driving around a, a run a Pinto or whatever. But to do SEO well, you need some robust tools and Cora and SEMrush and SIA, in my opinion, and SERPWorks. Those are the ones that that are, are the main tools that that at least cost money. Uh, Google Analytics and Search Console are the other ones I would add, and WebPageTest.org for for a speed test. Josh, follow up on your report you just walked through. Do you ever look for good keywords in a specific city? What changes in that approach, if anything? Ah, that's a great a great question. So it depends on the city. Um, uh, you'd have to get clever there. You'd have to get very, very clever. So um, you, uh, let's say, for example, if there's a huge blog or a huge forum that uh, uh, looks like uh, a huge blog or a huge forum in like Los Angeles or something, and it's ranking for tens of thousands of keywords. You could check what it's ranking for, and then, and then, then check that. Um, I don't know if SEMrush could really hurt, help you in that in that specific sense. You might have to use Google AdWords Keyword Planner in that sense. To at least get some seed keywords. That's a really smart idea, though. Let me play with it. I probably have something for uh, my Friday show for you guys. See if I can figure something out. You probably won't use SEMrush. Uh, probably have to use SE Cockpit to get the seed keywords. But yeah, that, that's a really smart idea. Reverse engineering the niches in those cities would be really cool. So you're not wasting your time making a roofing site when everyone's looking for fencing or whatever, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, that'd be really, that'd be cool. Uh, oh, Yelp. Yelp. Yelp would be a big enough site. I think you could. Oh uh, yeah. There you go. Yelp in the city specific pages start off in the city specific category. Yes. Yeah. There you go. And then uh, you'll know it's probably that city related, and then it'll have all the services there that, that, that you particularly want. Mm -hmm. And you could then, then SEMrush is going to tell you the cost per click and the traffic and how hot per year it is. And so that's that's how you would do it. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, Gary Jones says, we have a new client that disavows links using SEMrush data that haven't been placed specifically by their in-house digital guy or by a customer. How do I sufficiently frighten them to stop? Um, show them my test results where every time I've disavowed, the page has been de-indexed or de-ranked itself <laughs> or done nothing. <laughs> uh, tell them that Josh literally became a pariah in the white hat industry because he felt so strongly that it didn't work and he still sticks, he still maintains that, that position, uh, because it's the truth. <laughs> All the numerous, uh, times Google employees have said, you don't need to disavow. Gary Ilyish has said it three or four times. John Mueller has said it three or four times. Unless the only time you need to use a disavow tool is if you've received a manual action versus site because of links. A manual action versus your site because of your negative, your, your spammy linking. You have to go delete the spammy links and then disavow the rest that you couldn't get to and beg for forgiveness and hope that Google forgives you. That is the only time you would want to disavow file. So have them email me. I'll tell them all that stuff. Um, uh, get Bitcoin says, what do I think about Jimbo.com? I don't know. Jimdo.com. Oh, that's the, uh, web two. <clears throat> They're okay. Um, it's just another site. You know, I don't see them ranking very much though. So it's a good link building thing. Maybe branding, uh, part of your branding when you're building that social entity or the entity like Brad and Mike talk about all the time. Uh, it's just another good opportunity there, but. You know, you're not going to rank one of those like you would like a medium. Um, so, do you still subscribe to that entity building that uh, Mike and Brad were talking? Oh, about? Oh yeah, completely. Because I found that when we hit branding, once we hit branding and we take over in the search results for the brand, Google gets it. Now it knows what your website's about, uh, and then at that point, it's a lot easier to start going after specific keyword terms for services, for example. So, sub sub related keywords. Yeah. And that, that just to me that just it seems it's a good sound concept and then when you actually apply it then, you know it just makes sense plus you're building while you're building your brand you're essentially building backlinks a lot of people kind of miss that part like citations you're building your citations but you're really building backlinks and that's why you're ranking higher not necessarily because you made because <laughs> you made citations you're ranking higher because you build a bunch of backlinks and that's really the same concept behind the entity thing mm -hmm. you're just telling you're just saying hey look i'm all over the place this is who i am he's legitimate now okay now we can trust you That's yeah it. which is similar to the, to the to the buzz generation strategy that i've been using which i would call a white hat strategy some might call your entity building a black hat strategy although it's not really it's not no you, you know you're you're legitimately doing it a normal business would have facebook twitter pinterest instagram all this stuff yeah so you know they're references. Exactly. So why as far not? As Google's concerned, it's a reference. It's like somebody's. It's like your three references on your resume, and you call them and say, "Yeah, they're great." That's mm -hmm. what Google wants. They want third-party checking, pointing at this one site. Mm -hmm. And that's why IFTT stuff works so well for me is because we're building these properties out, connecting that in, like a normal business would, and sending information and promoting their products and promoting their posts, and all at the same time, it's building backlinks and building trust authority, and it just kind of compounds. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's cool. That's cool. Marco says, oh, the show is almost over. Look back to the old time, it looks like. Yes, sorry, Marco. Um, sometimes I, I used to change the time from 12 to 1, depending if Holly said she would show up. But Holly's too busy to ever show up. So I decided <laughs> to move it at 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Don't forget we had a daylight uh, a savings time change just recently as well. 
So, but no, uh, for the record, folks, we're going to be on probably most Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific time, uh, Los Angeles time. Uh, and uh, we might skip the occasional Wednesday because Clinton and I got stuff to do. Where we always want to keep him w wanting more, I guess. But <laughs> we usually we'll usually be on. You can always email us and ask. Uh, oh, so uh, yeah, regarding that uh, question that somebody had there about how would you use that that uh, uh, that SEM rush strategy of looking at big sites and what they rank for to find lucrative niches, how would you impl implement that to local? Uh, uh, Hyperweb Solutions just suggested the Yellow Pages as well. Yellow Pages could be a good good way to do it. Yelp, Yellow Pages, that might be an interesting way to do it. Yeah, for sure. So out of curiosity, let me, let me try to do that. So if I go here, because now I'm curious about it. Now I'm interested. If I go to SEMrush, I go Yelp.com. We see, it's also interesting to see if sites have been growing or not. This site's been growing. I just checked YouTube recently and it just, like a hockey stick, just boom, just grew right here. It's like, oh, of course, it's a Google property. Okay, so on uh, Yelp.com, we have all kinds of of uh, keywords <laughs> like this. So filter out, uh, use a filter and pick a city. Yeah, horny, like horny YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> or or what the fuck? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what that's supposed to be. So you put a filter in, include keyword, including Los Angeles. Let's see how that works. Populate. Any other questions here? Someone asked, what's better, SpyFu or SEMrush? They're both pretty good. I like the interface and SEM rush better. I think really that's a usability thing now. Uh, SpyFu is based off of tabs, uh, and then SEM rush kind of has a little bit of both. That's, to me, you know, when I had both memberships, I was bouncing one off the other, but I was always going back to SEM rush. Um, and I have not seen any improvements out of SpyFu in quite some time. So I don't know if they're just kind of resting on their laurels or what. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can definitely back that up that SEMrush is definitely the SEO tool I go back to most often. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, don't tell Tim Solo, but I actually canceled my Ahrefs account because SEMrush gives me enough information. I don't even need what Ahrefs really has going on. Ooh, you simmer down now. What's that? So you simmer down now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will say that I, I don't, I, you know, I would kind of disagree with that decision because I don't think SEM Rush is very good at rank tracking, and I don't think it's very good at backlink tracking. Mm. So much so that they had to set up an integration with Majestic in order to get that right. Uh, so there are limitations for it. True, definitely. I use something different for rank tracking, so I don't need that for Ahrefs and links. Again, I'm not doing huge. 10 million link portfolio kind of site things. So it doesn't really necessarily, if I ever need to, I'll, I'll start up my account again, but I don't need to have it paying whatever it was, 500 bucks a month for, for years and years without using it. You're crazy. I got it. I'm, I'm going too late. That's for sure. <laughs> so it looks like the idea worked. If you put in a particular city that you're interested in, uh, you can, it does start telling you Chinese food, starts telling you hotels, it starts telling you um, restaurants. And it may not be a good amount of information. Yeah, it looks like it is some volume. information. Sorted by search volume. Uh, search volume. Yeah. 
highest halloo. No problem. And also at this point, I would just download it into Excel and I would be able to play with it in Excel. It would be faster than having to wait for this. It must be good at Excel then because it would not be faster for me. <laughs> if you know how to use Excel, which it's some white hats think that 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 Excel is the primary SEO tool. And I'm like, well, no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, for reporting, it's great and all, but that's not the primary SEO tool. Excel, I mean, I love Excel, don't get me wrong, but it's not the primary SEO tool. But at the same time, it is a pretty good SEO tool. It's a pretty good tool, period, to, to do a lot of different stuff. So, so yeah, so here's why I had you do that. If you were building relevancy pages, if you guys have watched my show uh, where we're building a roofer site out, when we create relevancy pages to boost and this is where I would find that list. So things to do in Los Angeles, 74,000 search volume. You're not gonna rank for that term. Let's, not get, let's get crazy about it. It would be cool, but you're not gonna rank for it. But there's a, there's a, a related term that everyone's looking for in LA. Um, Los Angeles Clippers, that's a basketball team, right? Yeah. Fire Kings, car rentals in Los Angeles. So if you had a car rentals near me, that would be a good one to go after. Best restaurants in Los Angeles. There's a good relevancy page. Uh, hotels in downtown Los Angeles. Good relevancy page. So there's, you know, beyond just the let's find a niche. Those are those are good things for you. I can tell you right there that Los Angeles escorts. That's a good niche to get into. <laughs> ah yes, people will escort you around town, <laughs> and you can meet all kind of interesting people. And it's yeah. great doing competition research. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Um, yeah, so what I would do for now, what I would do after this is I would go here and I would go export. And I would say, yeah, save it all to Excel. Uh -huh. I would download all this information to Excel. And I would start putting my algorithms in to start seeing what I thought was uh, lucrative niches in Los Angeles. But this has already shown you a whole bunch of really lucrative ones. So that's that's definitely fantastic. Yeah. So that has been our show for today. Thank you very much. I want to thank Tyler for joining for the little time he could. <laughs> and I know he went away somewhere. I don't know where he went, but <laughs> at least I was able to show some of the stuff I'm using SEMrush for. And quite frankly, I think I like SEMrush even more for a niche research tool than an SEO tool because I don't know. I, I, I'm an internet marketer, died in the wool. I start getting well, horny is not the right word, but I start getting really, really excited when I see these niches. I see dollar signs. I'm like, ooh, look at all the money I can make here. Look how easy it is to rank. Look at all the money I can do. I just start sending them all out to my to my personal assistant and say, find me affiliate programs in these niches. And he comes back with a list of 10 or 20. And I'm like, sign me up for all those. Put in my PayPal and let's start building out sites. And so, so I mean, that's, that's half the battle is finding good niches to begin with. I mean... I, I, I really want to get on a soapbox and talk about that for like hours and hours. I won't because it's the end of the show. But if you want good niches, if you want to know how to find good niches, that is a whole business in itself. I could have based my entire consultancy on just finding niches for you and selling you prefabbed business niches that all you have to do is make a site and SEO it. Um, uh, so if, you, if you're interested in that, email me because I'm very seriously considering just selling these prefab businesses that I don't want to compete on because – it's not going to be enough money for me living in, in Canada wanting with a certain standard of living, but for someone living in the Philippines or India or Brazil where a thousand bucks a month is a great income, I've got, I've got 
a million niches like that if you want them. So email them to me. I'm not going to go after them, but I will give them to you. I will sell them to you. I'll talk to you about them. And that's kind of, I'm thinking that could be an interesting thing to do. Or learn how to use SEMrush if you can afford it per month and do your own research too. That's great. Uh, that's kind of good too. So that's been the show for today. Thanks very much. Thank you, Clint, uh, for joining us. And thanks, Tyler, for wherever you've gone. <laughs> Tyler. Uh, watch for us next week at the same time, 1 p.m. Pacific time. If you have any SEO questions at all, you can always contact us. My email address is joshpashinsky at gmail.com. You can contact me at Twitter, uh, at Josh Pashinsky, and you can see more videos like this where we're sharing secrets, super cool secrets, the best secrets, the best SEO experiments, the best SEO information at youtube.com slash jbashins, that's J-B-A-C-H-Y-N-S. Clint, do you have any final words to take us out? Uh, I shared a domain in there, egro.io. If you want to just look at affiliate stuff for Amazon perspective, it's a really cool tool. There was a free thing when I signed up for it. I'm not sure if it's still available. You guys check that out. That'll help you out too. Uh, that's really good if you're just looking for products and you want to, you know, you want to promote Amazon products and then we'll tell you the popular ones and you go from there. Um, if you want to reach me, it's Clint at Over the Top SEO, or you can come to the Digital Year SEO This Week show. I host that. Right now, we, I kind of ditched the, the news model that we were running before, uh, and I'm doing um, a case study, you know, building a PPL site for roofing, and we're starting in the city of Miami. So if you want to follow along and join out that project and bounce some ideas off of each other, then that's a good, good place to go. There you go. That would be a great thing to do if you guys are learning. That would be a fantastic thing and a great thing Clint's doing. So thanks very much then, and uh, as I always say, we'll see you next time. Good luck in the serves. Bye, everybody.